Welcome to the Crossways Podcast, a podcast where we talk about how we can walk in the way of the cross. I'm your host, Jonathan Germany. I'm the Associate Minister at Holly Hill Church of Christ, and we are live from Holly Hill talking about spiritual disciplines. I'm with my good friend, Josh Fowler. How are you doing, Josh? I'm doing great. Um, just rolled in uh, from the office a little bit ago in a sideways rain. Oh, um, that's I, I've been there before. Yes, uh, I did it in a Jeep with no doors. Oh, I've um, not done that before. <laughs> thankfully, I had my <laughs> rain suit, so um, it, it works pretty well to keep my clothes dry. It does not, however, keep the inside of the vehicle dry or anything that's inside it. So we were I, a I'm a home. Yeah, <laughs> uh, I hope you have some kind of waterproof seats or something. Oh yes, neoprene, uh, wetsuit style seat covers. Oh, all the speakers and stereos all marine grade, um, and you know it's a Jeep, so there's holes in all the floorboards, so the water just drains out. Look at that. It's made, uh, it's made for things like that. Okay. Yeah. See, uh, I, I don't, I don't have something like that. I don't have toys like that. I like that. You know, you're in trouble though when it's raining on the inside of your windshield. So your your wipers work on the outside, but you have to wipe the windshield with your with a towel or something to keep the water off. So nothing not like very often. Yeah, nothing like a Louisiana downpour. <laughs> oh my goodness! Um, well, fun stuff though. We're doing great. We needed the rain, deal. that's for sure. Oh, we we've needed the rain too. I tell you, when we have had rain, uh, so you know I grow peppers, and when we have rain, I'm like, okay, good. I don't have to water my peppers for like the next day because you know you don't want to water them too much because then right. they get hotter you can stress them out well i have them up against our building but i guess the roof has prevented the rain from actually getting to the plants mm. so the few times it has rained i've counted on it you know watering the plants i don't go out there every day because well peppers don't grow that fast and uh, i went out there the other i don't know a couple of days ago and i went oh Oh, these don't look too good, and yeah, they they yeah. they they're not doing too hot. They and, don't need too uh, much water, but they definitely need water. Right? Oh yeah, yeah, but apparently the roof prevented any kind of rain we've had oh. to get the. Oh yeah, so it's it's not it's kind of made me very upset, you know. But it is what it is. We have other things to be happy about and to celebrate. That's right. That's right. You see what I did there? Yeah, I celebration. Do. So you know where where we've been. I guess last week uh, Nick was with us and uh, talking about just spiritual disciplines, I guess, in general. And tonight we're kind of looking at the first one in, in detail about celebration. And what, what you know, and when I hear celebration, I, I, I have to admit, and I did not look it up, I'm almost positive it no longer exists. And if it still exists, then I don't know what it looks like today. But Celebration Station used to be my jam, and uh, it, is that is that is that still around in Baton Rouge? Um, it is alive and well. Still has the putt putt course. Oh man! Um, the the game off of Sherwood Forest Arcade. Yeah, it is up off of Airline and I twelve. Oh, okay. Maybe I'm so. misremembering where it was located, but yeah. I was a kid. But I remember, That's right. where do you want to go play? And I was, oh, what do you want to go do? And I was like, can we go to Celebration Station? Every parent's dream. You know, that and Mr. Gaddy's. You know, oh, let's go and where our kid, it just goes crazy, 
right? right. And uh, we went there, and it was fun. Like you said, arcade, putt putt. They had they had the the go karts back. Mm-hmm. Oh man, those were. F- and you know, I was the guy that was like, why can't I hit somebody in the go kart? You know, it's you know, Jonathan, they're not bumper cars. Well, they should be, right? You know, but we had fun, and uh, but that's not what we're talking about. And that you know, that kind of celebration is was more of give me your money and have fun playing games. But I guess what does celebration look like spiritually? Uh, I mean, how can celebration even be spiritual? You, you know, you say it's uh, it's not what we're talking about, but I don't know that it's so different. By the way, I'm not super pumped about you uh, putting me on right after Nick Gill. You know, he's a tough <laughs> act to follow. Um, oh yeah. Uh, you know, thoughtful. He's got that nice radio voice that'll just yeah, he you know, does lull you into the corner and. And he could do anything, you know, he wants with you mentally because he just gets you in that, in that zone. But uh, uh, we're going to do our best to follow him up here. Celebration, I think, spiritually isn't so different from what we experience at Celebration Station or at some of those other things. There is, there is still this um, joy that we have, right? That that kind of wells up within us when we are actually enjoying ourselves a a professor of mine at oklahoma christian one of his favorite things to say to churches groups of students dr giger he would say you know christians are full of joy said but some of you need to inform your faces that you are full of joy (laughs) Um, this is my happy face and, (laughs) and, and sometimes i think we forget that that not only is it okay to actually enjoy the Christian life, it's what was designed to us. You know, Jesus said, um, I have come that you may have life and that you may have it abundantly Absolutely. Um, to the full, that there is this overflowing nature of the joy of Christ that I think, um, I, don't, I don't know that we miss it, but I don't know that we embrace it um, the way that he intended for us to for whatever reason. I wonder, and, and those of you who are watching live, that we, we have, oh, we're losing viewers. We have six now. Oh, no. Um, I, I wonder if it, if it has to do with our desire to be reverent and respectful that we almost think if we have too much fun or if we rejoice too enthusiastically, then now we've lost we're not. We are no longer being respectful, and uh, I would disagree. Now, it doesn't mean that I think we should get up and start like you know I don't know, you know, doing square dances or anything like that. But I I feel like maybe it's it comes from a genuine place of respect, but perhaps that's been misplaced. And I don't mean respect. I mean our result, or our our endpoint. Right. You know, and I can see some of that. And some of it, I think, has been trained into us as Americans that if you want to be taken seriously, then you need to act serious. Um, you know, yeah. I have when my kids, we would go to Chuck E. Cheese for their birthdays. Um, you know, as a 20, 25, 30 year old man, I would get up on the stage and dance with Chuck E. Cheese. Um, and, you know, some of the people, even family members would be like, um, dude, what are you doing? It's like, man, life's too short for me to take myself so seriously. 
Um, yeah. I'm here. I'm with my children. I'm going to enjoy myself. Um, we do, Jody and I, my uh, almost 18-year-old daughter, that's crazy. Uh, we do TikTok dances as uh, worship invitations sometimes. And, you know, I get some people like, uh, what are you doing, man? It's like, we're enjoying life. <laughs> you know, we choose, you know, clean songs and clean dances that are just fun uh, to get people's attention. And some of the conversations I have while we're on the levee or in the Capitol shooting those things, I mean, people like, oh, you're doing a TikTok, aren't you? And I'm like, we are. Like, what do you do? I say, I'm a, I'm a minister at the Church of Christ in, uh, Broadwood, in Broadmoor. Like, you're a minister and you're on TikTok? Like, hey, look, I'm not on TikTok very much, uh, but I'm aware that my children are there. A lot of the people in our churches are there. I want them to know that I see the things that they see to kind of hold them accountable. But at the same time, there is a whole sense of joy that comes around uh, yeah. when you do those things because they're just fun. Um, and it creates conversations that we'd never have otherwise. Um, I wonder if, you know, we get maybe to to heaven what if jesus maybe asked us a question did you enjoy the gift of life or did you spend so much time striving to be serious that you forgot that i gave you an abundant life to live yeah. i didn't give you life that you just have to squeak by and get through um but you're my people my ambassadors and if you have the kind of joy and peace and security that i have promised you um that should be something that we express and it should be something that people see that that joy that we have that spiritual joy so absolutely and and it's nothing you know i i, I like how you mentioned using tiktok and a few other things where you were saying you were using it but you weren't using it to glorify yourself you you were using that joy to still glorify god hey come mm -hmm. worship with us come worship the god that that is wonderful. Let me tell you the best story worth telling. Right. You know, and you know, we're not talking about the 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 art of storytelling tonight, but storytelling is should be joy joyful. Now there's times storytelling should be moving, should be sad, should be serious. But if we never include any joy in our storytelling, it's not captivating and it's not convicting. You know, it it, it can be guilt tripping. It can, or it could be off-putting, but it's never going to be convicting unless we say, man, we can't help but talk about this. The apostle said what? We can't help but just tell everybody about it. They weren't right. saying with a straight face, well, we just can't help but tell everybody. No, they were excited. Yeah, how can I and, stay silent? Yeah, and they weren't just, how can I stay silent with, you know, being gloom all time or being serious with straight-faced. It was how can I not explode with joy that God changed my life, that Jesus right. changed my life? You know, we, we have in some of our notes, you know, Paul is saying, rejoice in the Lord always. Okay, again, let me tell you again for those in the back, rejoice. <laughs> now, I added some, some little things there, but that's basically what he's saying. You know, say it again for those in the back. Say it rejoice. again for those in the back, that's right. You know, <laughs> Let's say Zephaniah, you know, three talks about, you know, the Lord, your God is with you, the mighty warrior who saves. He will take great delight in you. His love, he will no longer rebuke you, but he will rejoice over you with singing. Um, 
and then the you know the preacher in Ecclesiastes you know talks about a time for all things, a time to weep and a time to laugh, a time to mourn, a time to dance. Um, you know, we dread those sad moments, those moments that really bring us to, to heavy places, even our spiritual walk. Um, but, you know, there is a time to, to kind of rejoice in those things. And uh, when, you get, when you get ready, we can talk about some of the, the tips to practicing it. Because it's not, it's foreign to us, really, to, to celebrate, particularly as, I think, a discipline. Oh, Yeah. In spiritual ways, in spiritual things, I think it's it's foreign because I think we've disconnected some things that were never intended to be disconnected. Well, well, not only are they important, but it's essential for celebration, right? Where we're talking about how important it is to take delight, to you know, I'll you know, the, the I will rejoice over you with singing. Or, you know, Paul saying, okay, you need to rejoice, but let's not forget that. It's where we get our strength from. And, uh, you know, we're about to get into some tips, but, you know, Nehemiah was what told his grieving congregation what? The joy of the Lord will be your strength. Will be your strength. That's right. But, but no, it's our seriousness and our reverence that'll be our strength. Well, no, those things are important. I'm not saying they're not. But it isn't that that gives us strength. You know, God gives us strength. Jesus gives us strength. And then here, joy will give you strength. And we have to have joy. And what kind of strength will it give us to keep on? Right. But also strengthen helping others also have that joy to be infectious. When it's easy to, to kind of lose sight, you know, when we talk about the disciplines, we're talking about the things that we do day in and day out. Um, and I think a lot of times we conflate what occurs in our times of worship and in our assemblies with the way that we live. Um, mm -hmm. and, and I'm not saying one way or the other is, is, is correct. What I'm saying is everyone has their own culture of worship yeah. um, and, and their own ways of celebrating even in that worship, even, even in a time of, of reverence and solitude, there are some ways of celebration in that. Um, that it wouldn't be important for, or it wouldn't be prudent for me to introduce some of my outer things of celebration into that style of worship or that time of worship. Um, but we're talking on a daily basis, the kinds of things that, that I think we've forgotten how to celebrate what God is doing. An important yeah. question someone asked me one time, he said, so when you preach, do you continue to focus when you preach and teach? Are you continually focused on what God did 2000, 3000, 4000 years ago? Or do you ever bring to the table what God is doing today? It's important to know what God has done, but it is equally important to see what God continues to do. Yeah. And I it's think what... when we recognize that, then we see, hey, I can, I can celebrate this like we celebrate other things, other victories. Absolutely. It's what David did in the Psalms. He said, currently, here's what I'm going through. But because of what you've done, I know that now you'll do the right. same. Yeah. Because you've been faithful to me before, I know you'll continue to be faithful to me now. And that alone is reason for us to be joyful. Bruce Blanton in the, in the, on Facebook, in the, I guess in the, in the comment section, said, Christians need to show the world that we have fun and laugh. And then I like this part. We should be the happiest people in the world. <laughs> and, and I like how he said, he didn't say we are the happiest. He said, 
we should be the happiest people in the world. And he's absolutely right. And uh, I'm afraid sometimes by our behavior of not practicing celebration, people will look at us and say, well, why do I, why do I want to live that way? What's so great about that life? And we're kind of doing Christ a, a, a disservice because we're supposed to be ambassadors for him, but we're not really doing a good job of being ambassadors in the way of saying, hey, rejoice with me. Right. Celebrate with me that this is the best way to live. We're like, man, this is a hard way. Now, we, we're, we're so caught up on trying to be honest that we forget about the other honesty that this is the best life. And we're like, right. oh, this is a hard life. Okay, well, I'm not saying don't tell people it's hard, but don't tell them that it's boring <laughs> or that it's terrible. <laughs> well, yeah, and is it possible for sacrifice to be joyful? Um, yeah. You know, we talk about some things. It, it begins, right? The, the discipline of celebration begins with prayer and study. Um, just like any discipline that we will come across, they're all going to begin, you know, through prayer. Um, and through the study of God's word. And, and so when Paul says, you know, rejoice always, I will say it again, rejoice. Paul's writing that from prison. Yeah. Um, and, you know, if Paul, you look at all the things that he went through in life and he can say, no, I didn't say rejoice most of the time. I didn't say, you know, rejoice when things are good, but not in your morning. You don't have to rejoice in your morning. No, there's, there's joy even in the midst of your mourning, even in the midst of your sacrifice, even in the midst of your struggle, um, rejoice always. I'll say it again. Rejoice. Let your gentleness be evident to all. The Lord is near. And maybe that the Lord is near, maybe the only thing you have to rejoice in. Um, yeah. But, but there's always some point of, of joy you can find in, in the middle of those things. So, so uh, and, and now is kind of, you know, we want to hear from you guys who are watching and ladies, uh, what are ways that you found it helpful to celebrate, maybe even when it's difficult? Because you mentioned Paul writing this, this, the, this, the verse we keep repeating about rejoice in the Lord always. I'll say it for those in the back, rejoice. You know, he's, he's saying that while in prison. How did he do that? And uh, I know we're, um, we have very similar lists, possibly because we read the same books <laughs> but, and, and same material. But I, I like your list that you sent. The first one, you know, we got to talk about is prayer. You know, Paul didn't just rejoice in prison because that was his just instinct. He, he was praying first. Uh, I, you know, he mentioned he's praying. He started off the book by saying, I'm praying. But, yeah, I mean, always. like he did, like, yeah, always, always. And so he's starting with prayer like he does everything. Just like we should start with prayer in everything we do. Yeah, it, prayer is so hard for us. I think. Um, I mean, it's hard for me, and if it's hard for me as, you know, a, a minister who spends, you know, day in and day out, telling people the importance of prayer and praying over people and reading, um, because it's just so spiritual ethereal i mean I, I i can't touch it feel it taste it um experience it with any kind of sense 
it's so hard for us to, to really grasp the importance of prayer. I think about Daniel's prayer in Daniel chapter 9. You know, 21 days he prayed and fasted. Um, and when he received his answer, he receives his answer from the archangel Michael. And Michael says, from the moment you turned your face towards God, your petition was heard. Yet the prince of Persia has detained me these 21 days. Um, <laughs> and, and I fear that, that the prayers that I pray, um, Satan looks at that and goes, that's it? I ain't even fighting against that. Um, you're praying for a safe trip to a city three hours away? Take it. I'm not even working against you. You can have all those kind of prayers that you want. You know, so I've been striving to be the kind of person that prays um, the kind of prayers that I can't even imagine how they are answered. So that Satan says, ooh, he can't get an answer for this. I got to go to work. Um, that's hard for us to get into, but those are the kind of prayers that, that formulate this uh, discipline uh, and these sets of disciplines in our lives that really build the groundwork for some serious spiritual growth. Because that's what the disciplines do, right? The disciplines just cultivate my heart and my mind so that God can go to work bringing some fruit about it. Absolutely. Absolutely. And, you know, I, I remember uh, someone once telling me about prayer, saying sometimes I want to, you know, I pray things and try to accomplish things where the only way it will be successful is if God had a hand in it. Yeah, that's right. You know, and, and it, you know, now God That's has a hand in everything. After. Yeah. Oh, yeah. No, I know. Yeah. And, and God has a hand in everything. And, uh, right. but the, the small things, we almost tend to kind of get like Israel did. Oh, we're the ones winning these battles. Mm -hmm. And, uh, you know, we're the big army. You know, uh, God defeated all those enemies for you. That's why you didn't lose anybody. <laughs> you know, if you, if you can imagine the solution, you're not thinking big enough. Uh, you're yeah. not thinking God enough. Definitely. Um, Definitely. Yeah, and 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 as we kind of go th and we're going to I think, you know, and, and unless we hear from the chat, I want to go through some of these other things because I want to make sure we have time to cover all these. I'm going to skip to one that's not on your list. That's on mine. I know I said okay. I didn't have anything to add, but um, I was looking at my notes again from a class I taught and I had put this in here and it said set aside one day a week. And I had in there. One day each week, it's a challenge to not say one negative thing all day. Hmm. So if we're going to practice celebration, let's, you know, I'm not saying, oh, we can never do anything negative. Pick one day where all, with all day, you don't even say, oh, man, I feel real, you know, man, I slept really bad last night. Oh, that's negative. Nothing negative all day. Now, that's hard. An hour? Can I yeah. An hour? Right. An hour. <laughs> yeah. Give me an hour. Right. But, you know, could you imagine if we kind of forced ourselves to be that aware all the time? And when we do maybe start to say something negative, we'll then start realizing maybe how often we actually speak negative things. I bet you it's more than we realize. Even for us who know, oh, yeah, I know, I'm, I'm maybe too negative. It's probably even more than we realize. Yeah, and I don't think I'm negative. Um, but I am cynical and sarcastic, uh, which may as well be negative because even when I don't intend that negatively, it has a negative effect. Um, I would say you could give me a shock collar. Um, I just don't know who I would trust 
to hold the remote for that shock collar. Um, you know, Heather might be the first in line to say, "Ooh, yeah, I'll, uh, I'll take yeah, that." Yeah, Catherine would be also first in line. <laughs> may, may, maybe, maybe some of my friends. Maybe if Nick's watching, Nick would probably volunteer. Uh, I, I, I feel like our wives probably bear the brunt of our uh, cynicism and sarcasm uh, more than most. So yes, yes, ah, uh, yes. Bless, bless their hearts. <laughs> yeah. You're starting to sound southern already, Josh. Okay, but but you know, so that one is good. So if you're watching, uh, oh, my dad said he volunteers. I'm not sure who is he volunteering for. Well, he'll have one in each hand. <laughs> he would have way too much fun with that. And uh, one more thing that that I ha you know I have a couple others um, about finding a joy mentor, and I think that kind of you know on your line you have cultivate friendships. Right. That'll help you. And I have finding a joy mentor. And uh, I'll speak to this and I'll let you kind of speak. But the this joy mentor is someone who can maybe help you with that shock collar. Right. Now, I'm not saying, uh, you know, but more of figur figuratively speaking, you know, finding someone who is good at being joyful, who can help you realize the joy in things that are hard to see. And someone who can help you not focus on the things that are negative. Because it's easy to focus on things that are negative, and then what happens? Well, then we start to go down that spiral. Right. And it's just it's just as contagious as joy is. And and they can really help us. And, you know, bad companies corrupts good character. The same is true the other way around. You know, good, good company encourages and builds up good character. Right. Um, there's a couple of things, you know, we talked about, you know, prayer and study, you know, so understanding what the Bible says that the Bible not only, um, says it's okay, but it encourages, you know, rejoicing Luke chapter 15. Um, you know, I've often said, I don't think the angels rejoicing in heaven over something that is lost and that is found. I don't think the angels rejoicing is a good hearty. Amen. And, and then a verse of, of a song that we're all familiar with. You know, there's this raucous cheer that I hear coming from heaven every time, you know, a soul is redeemed. Every time someone turns that light over, every time a lost one is found, um, there is this chorus of angels in heaven who are shouting for joy the same way that everyone in Baton Rouge, minus a few Alabama fans, uh, jumped up and yelled when the clock hit zero in the national championship game. Just like they did a few weeks earlier when they beat Alabama. And a few weeks before that, when they won their, their other bowl game, you know, there's just this sheer joy, unbridled um, release of, yes, we've done it, you know. Um, I, I've, I've experienced those moments. And if I can experience those moments with um, a bunch of 18 to 22-year-olds playing a football game, or older kids or older, you know, kids playing a, playing a child's game for a million dollars. If I can, if I can unleash that, then I should be able to unleash those things when things really matter. Um, and so, but it takes practice. You talked about it last week. These disciplines are something that we really practice in. So it requires us to kind of get through there. Um, a couple of the things that really just kind of stuck out with me um, is marking milestones oh yeah you know that even this even the small ones 
Celebrate the wins, all of them. Celebrate the wins. Even if like even if the win is just the, the smallest, most minute of things. Sometimes that's all we're going to have to celebrate, but but see it, mark it, and celebrate it. Uh, it's one of the things that Facebook memories are so good for. Um, <laughs> and <know>. deleting posts. <laughs> <laughs> you know, those things come back years later and it's like, oh man, that was so cool. And, you know, sometimes in those pictures, people have passed on. Um, sometimes those little yeah. toddlers are now 21-year-old, you know, corporals and lance corporals in the Marine Corps. Yep. Um, sometimes you're getting ready to graduate, but you see those moments and you look back and you go, man, that was a good time. Yeah. Um, and, and marking those things is, is so valuable. It is using your body. Um, go ahead. And I don't say on, on the marking the milestones and celebrating every single win, no matter how big or how small I was talking with somebody and, uh, and I think I remember who it was, but, but I don't want to say too much. Um, cause I could be wrong. But but they even went as far as say maybe sometimes manufacture the wins, and uh, you 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 could be in a place where you've had some pretty big hits. Maybe your leadership's had some some pretty big hits if you're watching, and uh, maybe it's as simple as manufacturing a win by taking up something that's so minute, something that's mundane that mm -hmm. that's just happens all the time, and say, man, I'm thankful that we have these people right who's who who want to serve all right hey that's that's okay uh that's really nothing like new that's nothing we would think to celebrate maybe it's hey man i'm thankful that you know so and so's taught for 20 years and uh you, okay uh they've always taught it was to celebrate you know forever ago when they first started but we almost start taking things for granted so manufacture some things that people don't necessarily have already accepted as the norm right? and say, hey, let's celebrate this. Did you see, uh, I guess it would have been a year ago because there weren't a lot of graduation speeches going around this past uh, May, uh, but it, it kind of went around. It was a colonel. He was at the University of Texas giving this speech, and he said, you want to be successful? Start by making your bed. Um, get up in the morning and make your bed. <laughs> it's the first task of the day. And as soon as you get out of bed and you make your bed, you have completed the first task of the day and you can get on with your day. And he said, then if nothing else in your day goes right, when you come home, your bed is made and you reminder that you completed something today and you get into a bed that's made and it's comfortable. And when you get up the next day, you start it by making your bed. And if you do nothing else right, that's <laughs> there, you know? I did that for a week when COVID <laughs> happened. And I felt so successful. Yes. I felt I was so proud of myself. And then that one day, I missed it. I didn't make my bed. And then I got out of the habit again. It's and gone. I stopped doing it again. But those few days that I made my bed, I started off by saying, man, now I'm ready to start my day. I've done something. You know, it's, it's, I've accomplished an easy task that did not really take that long. And now I know, hey, I can get stuff done. I've yeah. got something done. I'm, I don't feel stuck right now. And that's important. Yeah, and, and I'm not good at journaling, uh, but journaling oh. is one of those on there that um, I don't know if we'll have time to get down to because it's, it's a whole podcast of itself. Oh, yeah. Journaling, but, but creating journals of, of the different ways in which God is impacting my life. Because there's sometimes, uh, look, when you need something to celebrate, 
sometimes I need to go to a list and say, okay, oh yeah, he, God did do that. Oh, I need to do that too. Okay, I've got some things to celebrate here. Uh, so, so keeping that kind of in front of us is one of the ways in which we can mark those. Ab- absolutely. And, uh, and I'll touch on that because I, I actually did that for a little bit. Um, but it was for different reasons. But um, I you and I actually still have it. I need to go back to using it. But um, I bought this thing called a panda planner, and uh, I got Nick to to do one. Uh, and uh, but you said panda. It's a panda planner. Yeah, it's a product. Yeah, it's a productivity planner. It has a uh, a monthly section that have no dates and no months attached, so you can write in your own, so you can pick it up whenever you need to. And then it has a a, a a weekly section and a daily section. And you have weekly goals that you want to work on. And you have daily goals you want to work on. So the daily section is the one that I really used up the most. And it starts off by saying, what are three things that you're thankful for? Mm-hmm. So you write the three things. And a little space for a personal affirmation. So, you know, I can do things today or I will, you know, whatever. You had a daily habit, but then you had all your all your projects and your tasks that you wanted to complete that day. So you make a little productivity list. But then at the end, it said, what were my three big wins today? And then I think it was one or two things that I can do better tomorrow. Yeah. And then you start over. That was so helpful to be just productive, but then forcing you to say, hey, here were some things that I did well. And then the monthly section was, what were some things you succeeded this month? And what were things that you need to do better next month? And, and that really helped me be more positive. Yeah. And uh, it was actually amazing. And I, and I need to, to get back to using it. Because yeah, these, these things are habits. And when you stop doing them, they don't, they're not habits. And you have right. to continue to practice them even when they're uncomfortable we're getting some shout outs in the chat people all from high school oh man Austin how you doing and uh David Stanton Foster oh he's a minister oh where's he a minister at it won't tell me I forget where he's at now but it's good to see those guys yeah I like um you know using your body um I talk about a lot about using your body as posture and prayer Okay. Um, you know, your body as a, as a posture celebration is important as well. When you look at someone, you know, you can tell, you know, you can tell somebody walks into a room and they got their chest out and their shoulders are back. Uh, whether it's true or not, they believe that they have something to offer the room. Mm-hmm. Um, you understand postures of celebration, like, you know, those, those arms up in celebration, it doesn't matter if you're watching the special Olympics, if uh, you're watching Rocky, you know, Rocky, if you're watching the actual Olympics where it's a, it's a, an American culture or yeah. an African culture or a European culture, or an Asian culture, when they cross the finish line in victory, you know, the arms go up, you know, I've made it. And so sometimes you see someone and they're weeping and you don't know if they're weeping out of joy or a sadness, uh, but just a little bit of context around them you know, you can pick that up pretty well because they're very different. And so, you know, a willingness to, to use our, our, our body, our postures, um, to rejoice in those things uh, when, when it's appropriate, you know. Um, I think that's mm-hmm. also important. 
The other thing is, uh, you know, returning the favor. You talked about friendships. You talked about joy mentors. I've got to be willing to return the favor. Sometimes it's really, really difficult for me to rejoice with people. I can mourn with people. Um, all the, I mean, I can sit and I can mourn and I can grieve with people. I can comfort people in that. But particularly when there might be someone who has received the thing that I wanted or that I desired, to be willing to celebrate my loss, which is maybe their gain, but to return the favor in that celebration. Um, I remember, you know, when we first started having children, uh, we had Dustin already. A couple of our friends in our Bible class had had multiple miscarriages. Um, and then we became pregnant with Jody, our second. And over the course of those three years, um, probably three different couples had had multiple miscarriages. Oh, man. And so then, you know, here we are. We are now pregnant with our second child. And we are going, okay, do we announce this in our Bible class? Knowing what people have gone through. And so I, I think we're just going to kind of keep it on the down low. And one of our friends said, uh, had found out that we were pregnant. He said, you guys are pregnant? It's like, yeah. I said, why haven't you announced it? It was like, I don't know. I just didn't know if it just didn't feel right about it. It was like, no, I'll announce it for you. You know, and so here's this guy, a good friend. His wife's had three miscarriages. They want to have children so badly. And he was one of the biggest cheerleaders for us when we were having, having children. Um, as I've gotten older, I've realized what kind of a sacrifice it takes to be that person who is celebrating with others, even in the midst of my own loss. Mm-hmm. And, and that can be a real point of, of growth because what I realized then is, is my celebration is not because of what I have done or what I am achieving, but what God is doing kingdom wide. Yeah. And I don't may not be able to see it in the moment or, or witness it or, or be aware of it, but God is working in powerful ways, um, even in the midst of my loss. And so being able to celebrate that in that moment is maybe the most challenging aspect of celebration, but also the one that brings us to maybe the greatest growth possible in that moment. So, And I think you bring up a good point there, and, and that's that's a powerful and, and moving example. But, but I think you bring up a powerful point about rejoicing not in anything but in what God's doing kingdom-wise, mm-hmm. right? And everything can really be related to kingdom things, right? You know, someone got a new job. You have a new place to show Jesus, right? right. You know, wow, yeah. you're going to, you know, and I think, too, even whenever we've gained something, we almost celebrate because look what I've achieved. Well, again, that that's still the, the, the a bad form of celebration. Now, I'm not saying that, you know, oh, shame on you because— that can be there somewhat, but if that's our primary celebration, then, then that's pro- possibly a, a problem with humility. Mm-hmm. But perhaps it, I'm going to sneeze. <laughs> Woo, that was awkward. Okay. Hey, after you sneeze, you're supposed to say no Rona. Yeah, I know. Uh, <laughs> uh, uh, no one's around here, so it's okay. okay. I'll go and disinfect a little bit later. But um, <laughs> you got me off track. But I think perhaps it's the, man. Look what God's doing through me. That's why I'm celebrating. You know, and that and look what God's doing through you. And even though I really wanted that, God must have, you know, 
God's going to work through you. And perhaps it's better that you got it than me because God has a plan. And uh, Maybe he's equipped me for something different. Yeah, and maybe it's something better. And uh, I don't realize that just yet. You know, I, I can remember a time that, that I was going through a, a pretty rough situation. And I had someone call me up and said, Jonathan, I, I, I'm sorry this happened. I'm going to pray for you because I don't want you to, to become bitter. Mm. And uh, which is the opposite of celebration. And uh, he prayed for 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 what I was going through. He prayed for me not to become bitter and for me to let God use me. And and I've always remembered that. And uh, it, it can help us remember because bitterness is the opposite of celebration, especially kind of what, what you were talking about in, in two regards and and how that guy could have viewed you in your in your family and right. his family, and then how you could have viewed someone else when, hey, they really got what I really wanted. Mm-hmm. You know, bitterness is, Satan loves to use bitterness because it robs joy, it robs right. celebration, right. and it robs unity. Sometimes it has to be something just as simple as, uh, you know, Psalm one eighteen twenty four. right? This is the day that the Lord has made. Let us rejoice and be glad in it. Um, I'm really working on that um, as a mantra for my life. Mm-hmm. Uh, I, we've said it, you know, from the time I was old enough to pray, dear God, thank you for this day. Um, that's the way I've always prayed. I was kind of taught to pray for that. Um, and I say it every day, but my desire has been to actually mean it. Um, yeah. This is the day that the Lord has made. I will rejoice. And be glad in it. Um, Amen. And that, to me, that's where it all begins. Being and present yeah. in the moment. And that's where it all ends. That's right. This is the day the Lord's made. Let us rejoice and be glad in it. Well, Josh, uh, I think we're we're we're, we're going to wrap up with that. Those are good closing words. That's right. It's hard to beat. It's hard to beat scripture. It's hard to beat powerful, moving words like that. Well, guys, if you joined us live, thank you for watching. If you joined later, uh, we can, well, we'll thank you, too. Remember, we'll be back here every Thursday, uh, 8 o'clock Eastern, 7 o'clock Central. As in next week, I have the Ben and Travis people, and uh, they'll, they'll be joining me, and we're talking about meditation, um, and, and that'll be really good. I'm glad you're here. As always, these videos and this podcast is brought to you by Holly Hill Church of Christ and the Ministry League. Until next time, stay safe, stay healthy, rejoice, and be glad in it.